How's it, Internet? And welcome back to Two Guys in SharePoint. The only SharePoint show in the Southern Hemisphere where everything is not made up and there are no points. Hello again, Alistair. We are back. This sounds like a new season of Top Gear. That's what it feels like. It's way it more exciting. It feels like when Jeremy Clarkson walks through that door and his arms are spread out and he goes, we are back! And the crowd goes crazy. Yeah, it's So crazy. yes, it, it, there's been a hiatus. Is, is that the right word? Hiatus? Were we yeah, on a yeah, hiatus? Yeah, probab- pro- probably. That, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. So, sounds a lot better yes, than, hey, back. we slacked off for a while. <laughs> but look, things have been happening on your side and, and things have been happening on my side. And, you know, after 57 episodes, I think we deserve a break. Yeah, sounds good to me. But we're back at it now and we'll hopefully keep it on a more regular schedule moving forward. Yeah, I think also for the listeners, what's always been troubling us is finding the right tooling to get guests onto the show. And we've been struggling with that and we'll be testing over the next month what the best tooling is to get the best quality audio for you. In the interim, you're just going to have to put up with myself and the modeling. Which is always the best part of the episode anyway, so it's all good. Well, look, we've got that holy grail timeline of what I think it's like. Keep it under 40 minutes. Um, uh, and even uh, when uh. it's just you and me, I, we've never been able to get that right. So. <laughs> yeah, so with that in mind, shall we move along to our first segment? Yes. In the news. I've missed that. I still get to do it. <laughs> what do we But before on? we get to in the news. Yeah. Well, uh, Inspire is happening right now, Microsoft's business conference in Las Vegas. And analysts have been doing reporting, and Microsoft has got a market cap of, drumroll, 806 billion US dollars. Woof. Doing well. Doing well. And they're number four. They're number four. All right. So Google, Amazon, and Apple is above that. They're, they're, there's four companies that have a market cap in the 800 billions. It's crazy. And like that. And it's since uh, Satya's, Satya's taken over the helm in 2012, it's, it's been phenomenal, the journey that, that everyone's been on. Share price is supposed to go up and everyone's getting some $1.08. I don't know how all of that works, but apparently that's what's happening. Sweet. Yeah, like it's an absurd amount of money. Like I can't even, like it's not even a real number. But it is a testament to how well Microsoft are doing in the industry, right? Their products, and they're going from they're going from strength to strength, strength yep. to strength. I can't pronounce those words. Anyhow, back to the news. What do you have for us today, Modern? Um, you've got a bunch of stuff up here, but if we want to, yes, because I did I did the show notes this week. That's why there's a lot of information, Modern. I I added some in as well. But why don't you kick us off? All right, I think the biggest news, I think one of the biggest news segments we've had since the inception was the advent of Teams. And as of, I think it was last week or the beginning of this week, Teams is now free for up to 300 users. Sweet. Free. So in anybody can sign up for Teams and get an instance with 300 users in it. 
Yeah, but obviously it's the freemium version of Teams. So there's no scheduling for meetings. So you can't say, here's a schedule. Why? Because you don't have a mailbox on the end of it. Okay, so there's no mailbox on the end so of it and there's no file sharing because you don't get SharePoint either. Well, you don't get SharePoint, but I'm almost sure. Let me check my stats. So you do get file storage, but it's not like you can go to SharePoint. So file storage is 10 gig per tenant and you get an extra 2 gigs per user. So there's no SharePoint SharePoint, but you can still store files inside of Teams, which sticks so, it in SharePoint. It's just you don't have access to SharePoint. Okay, so you still get the files tab and it is actually stored in a SharePoint online instance somewhere. You just don't have access to that. That's what it okay. seems like. So there's no content management. There's no company intranet. There's no email inbox and hosting. And you can't schedule share, share, schedule meetings. So that's, that's obviously there's no Yammer. Uh, maximum user limit is 300. And there's no dialing. And there's no multi-factor authentication enforced and rah, rah, rah. But if you're going to want to displace a product like Slack, this is how you do it. That's super cool. Yeah, it, it's great. It's an so awesome product. unlimited messages and search? It's a, it's a really sweet product. Teams is a super sweet product. It's really powerful yeah. that you can now get it for free. That's super awesome. It is great. Um, and especially so that they can finally go up against a company like Slack. I think that's really why they made a freemium version of it. Because Slack's free, right? Yeah. And oh, by the way, you also get integration into Office Online. Okay. Oh, so you get the Word Online, Excel Online, all of that. Yeah. So you can run yeah. the... Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So it's actually 10 gig of team file storage plus 2 gigs per user of personal storage, which is strange though. So does that mean that OneDrive is actually part of this thing? It must be. Because there's no, there's no company intranet. There's no company intranet. That's what it says. Yeah. No company intranet. So, so you get a OneDrive instance, which is also weird because a free OneDrive gives you a gig. And you're saying they get two per user. Well, OneDrive gives you one terabyte of storage, right? Um, what the user is getting now is two gigabytes of storage per user. So I think that just inflates the entire size of the storage for teams. That makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, that's also very remember cool. you can, you should be able to auto from an admin perspective. You can set up where you're going to auto. So the default policy for Teams recordings is on. Yeah. The default policy that's in the Teams, the new Teams admin center, when you go to recordings, or there's a, well, not recordings, there's a tab for it. Uh, and if I can find it, I'll tell you what it is. But there is a tab uh, in the Teams admin center, because Skype has been deprecated, that says the default policy for, for meetings, so can someone auto-join and all of those things. The other little slider says, uh, recording. So I'm assuming that you can record your meetings. Well, right? well that's what Streams for. Yeah, and like in Teams, you can do that. In the free version, though, do you get all the telephony stuff? 
or is it just the chat? What, what, what? Well, they, they, they say, oh, no, you don't get intelligent meeting recording. No. No, 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 no. So there's no recording. You can't record. So that doesn't actually make up the space. So that 10 gigs is just for files. But you and also, two but gigs then per you, user. So what is that? 600 gigs. Okay, so you, you, you don't get the recording, but you do get all the telephony interface. So you can do voice calls, video calls, teleconferences, all of that. You just don't get the recording. Yeah, That's you can you can do team audio and video calling, one-on-one, -on -one, group calling as well, screen sharing. You just can't schedule the meeting and you can't record the meeting and you can't dial to a telephone from there. That's still super powerful. That is really, really powerful yeah. functionality just for free. Good tip. For Good free, tip. Six, so that's 600 and 610 gigs, essentially, if you've got 300 users because it's up to 300 users. That's fantastic. That's a huge uh, amount. And you know that Teams is hosted in Azure. Yes. That's why we're getting the Azure data centers first before we get Office 365. Sweet. Because they can't do Office 365 without Azure. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, moving on. Moving on. Uh, are you taking the next line item? Yes. Microsoft has uh, announced new partner programs. So along with the ones they already have, they've announced two new partner programs a business apps and a content services. What do these actually look like, Al? Do we do we have actual detail of what's involved? In we these? do, we do, we do, we do. So right now, Inspire's on its third day, right? Yes. I feel inspired. So Chris McNulty, who is one of the Microsofties that was one of us before he became a Microsofty with Dan Home and Omi Money Penny has been, he's cut from our cloth, from the old ECM cloth. And he's been put in charge of driving the content services partner program. And if you go over to the tech community, you can actually find more information about it or just Google content services partner program. And it's really about bringing on partners that do real ECM with SharePoint. Proper, like full so on. There's quite a rigor, proper yeah. plan. Everything's yeah. properly tagged. Yeah. We've got a real structure. We're thinking about everything properly. That's so interesting. There's there's quite a lot around. They've got a charter, and there's X amount of charter members. Metalogics Quest, you know, Quest bought Metalogics recently. Yeah. Um, and Avenade is one of the charter members. Effisoft which is strange, Effisoft. Effisoft is an open source document management scanning company, by the way. <laughs> okay. <I didn't> know <laughs> so that. it's interesting. But yeah, so, so the partners have to cover, have to have content services experience. And what that means is that they need to be able to do workflow compliance, Migration, capture, implementation. So content services is ECM 2.0. That's all it is. And the partners have to have a proven track record and they get exposed to cool stuff. And there's a process that you have to follow. So that's very exciting. The next one is business applications. Uh, business apps, and this is up your wheelhouse or yeah. in your wheelhouse Sounds because it's good. all about power apps and flow. All about power apps and flow. And Azure um, logic apps. Yes, so it's really around productivity enrichment in the business process management space. That's super cool. 
That is super, super cool. It is. And it, it's important that so it's, they it's, get um, Logic apps included in that because for full line of business stuff, you really should be using Logic apps and not just Flow. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's exciting times. So that's two new partner programs. I don't know if it's going to impact the competencies, but it might it might be like the old, I don't know if you remember the old partner advisory councils that they used to have. Where if you were on the pack, you'd fly to Seattle, you get exposed to stuff that's in the tap and all of those things. Yeah. Well. So this seems like a, like a flavor of that, but it's all very exciting. Okay, moving on, moving on. Yes. You've got um, some news for us about a Skype for Business Teams upgrade. So getting so out of Skype for Business the and into Teams. There's guides around how to upgrade from or migrate or do whatever you need to do to go from Skype for Business to Teams. Because Teams is the new Skype, right? Even though yeah. Skype for Business Server, uh, I think it's there's seven days to go till they release Skype for Business Server 2019. Is it that soon? Um, it's still launching. Yeah, yeah. We should have had SharePoint already, the uh, technology preview. You remember they're releasing four server products this year. SharePoint, Exchange, Skype. What am I missing? And obviously Office for the desktop client. Yeah. So those are the, the Office apps. So Office, desktop client 2019. People are really trialing it. Um SharePoint we haven't seen, exchanges in beta, and obviously Skype for Business Server is the first one to launch. Sweet. So that is still coming. And there are guides. Very, very exciting. Yeah. If if you're doing a rollout now, we're doing a, a Microsoft 365 rollout at the client at the moment, and we're just not going Skype for Business at all. We're starting them with Teams. And we just we're just doing Teams. I heard some some noise about no longer supporting Skype or something over the last two three days. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. No. Um, I think this comes up occasionally. It, it's come up occasionally, especially around Skype for Business and Teams, because people are getting confused, right? Because Microsoft have said that Skype for Business is going to go away, and we should be using Teams, but it's not going away yet. Right, it is still available, like you say. Twenty nineteen is coming now, so people yeah. people don't need to freak out. Um, it is it is still there. It will still work. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's, I don't know. Look, Skype from a from a telephony perspective is great. So you want to dial, and you've got VoIP on your desktop, and all of those things, and it worked great. It was always that, right? Uh, teams is clunky when it comes to those things. Um, to get the dialer out in Teams, it means you go to the full Teams experience. So there's no dialer, just a dialer only. Like with my keyboard, I've got one of these Microsoft keyboards where the keypad is actually separate from the actual keyboard. Yeah. I'll never use the keypad. It just sits there and it looks pretty, right? It looks cool. I'll never use it because I've got the numeric keypad on the top of my greater keyboard, like normal keyboards. Yeah. So it would be great if they had a dialer experience that could detach from Teams so that if I wanted to dial someone, like a lot of people when it comes to VoIP um, does, that I don't have to sit inside of Teams um, to have that experience. Anyhow, enough about Teams. Moving on. Next up are self-service demos for Power Apps. 
Yeah, that's available. That must excite you, though. That is super cool. So it's available in the Business Apps Resource Center. And this is so, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is so um, anybody can go in and see what Power Apps is really about and get started on it and see what the power of it is without having to get somebody in to do a demo for them. Is that the idea? That's nice. It's, yeah, it's also so now that you can go and demo Power Apps to a customer. Yeah. yeah I, I've, I've done many of those demos. But also demos.microsoft.com as well. Have you used demos.microsoft.com? Apparently you can do stuff there as well. Yeah. No, and they're extending because it was always like a 30-day thing. Yeah. Well, I think you could... I think you could extend it to 90 at the outside. But yeah, that's yeah. that it's it's absolutely amazing. I've used it a lot when I'm doing training classes and stuff and you need to set up an environment for people to do labs in. Um I use demos.microsoft.com for that because it it's really cool. You don't you don't need to spin up licenses and all that sort of thing. The only issue is the URL to hit the site is horrifying. Because it's like a giant GUID. But uh, as long as you send people a link, they can get into it. And it's really cool. I actually saw people complain about that on Twitter yesterday. About the GUID. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry the free enterprise grade platform that you get is a funny <laughs> URL. It's like, deal with it, hey. It's not that bad. I'm sorry you have yeah, to copy-paste. I think the... Your... Yeah, people just kid. Can they not just like get a, a shortened URL because they can't remember that long URL? It's like okay, Control C, Control V, save Notepad. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on, because um, we're hitting eighteen minutes already, and we're not even halfway through. Groupify is finally here, so now you can add a group to an existing SharePoint site. Yeah, that's cool. And they've been only talking about it for ten months. Yeah, but apparently. Um, it was available last month in, in the, the June update for, for Office 365. So now you can click and say, add a group to SharePoint sites. Look, it, it, you still have your SharePoint permissions. It's still there. It's not gone. Um, but now you can have the Office 365 group membership service as part of your authentication and authorization platform for SharePoint. So that's quite cool. Yeah, it's super sweet. Uh, next up, that's we, sorry, like we, that's, we need to... that's especially good if you already have a SharePoint online built out, um, or you've already got Teams deployed or something like that. Stitching those two things together has been a mission. This will make it a lot easier. Anyhow, moving on. Uh, an interesting one that I've picked up recently was that you can now take a bunch of documents and make one PDF of it. Uh, There's a tab that says combine files with Adobe or by Adobe. Um, So you can combine multiple files into a single PDF. That's... I I don't understand why. Why could I take multiple files and just zip it and then send that? Well, it... I suppose from a PDF conversion perspective, yes. Yeah, that's the point, right? And this is something that you've been able to do in sort of the Adobe cloud for a while. But you pay for that, right? You can't just... That's not part of their free op- offering where you can do that, as far as I remember. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that's just coming into 365. Um, they've, they've got a lot of tie-in through through the PDFs. It's interesting. 
I don't know if I want to take two. I just don't understand the business case unless you're working with fragments of documents and you're gluing that together. Yeah, well, you might also you might want to do a thing like um, in a certain process you generate a bunch of documents and they're working documents or whatever. But then at the end of the process you want a single file that's the record for everything that happened, and then you can just say, okay, all of this stuff turn it into a PDF, and then we have a single reference. Right, so that's a use case. Anyhow, next up, uh, some more cool things. Uh, security, which is a big thing for all of us in the space. Always. And uh, you, you need to be careful now because they are enforcing MFA, multi-factor authentication for privileged accounts in Azure AD by default. What, what do you mean by privileged so accounts specifically? So anything that's an administrator. Okay. Any admin account. Um, for starters, and I think also domain accounts or domain domain powered accounts. Um, I don't know enough about Azure in that space, but you know, if you in the old days it was, are you are is it a are you a domain admin? That would be a privileged account. Are you an enterprise admin? Um, in our case, in in the cloud, all of the admins. So you're a global admin, you're a SharePoint admin, you're an Exchange admin, you're a Teams admin, you're a, all the admin accounts would be seen as privileged accounts in Azure AD. And now, by default, MFA is enabled. That's really hectic. So be careful. When is that? Yeah, so Has be that careful. kicked in already? Because I haven't noticed yeah. that. Yeah. Huh. When I was in Europe, it started to roll out already. Um, our mate Paul Hunt did an identity management session, and he was talking about it in Zurich. So it's coming. It's not, it's there. It's so not going you, to set that for existing accounts or whatever, but if you create a new one or you assign... No, 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 no. Account. It's for all your accounts. So if, if you're a SharePoint administrator and you never had MFA on, it's going to be on now. Okay. So you actually have to go set that up properly so you can actually do a uh, multiple factor or you're going to lose access to that account. That's super interesting. It's exactly that. So you might end up locking yourself out because you haven't either configured MFA correctly or things are not linked up. Yeah, so that's quite important. Everybody needs to go check that they've got at least the, the global administrator set up with that now so that if it does kick in and you have issues, you've at least got one account that you can still get in with. Yeah, but I mean, should, the only time it won't work is if you are like me and you leave the country and you don't enable the SMS roaming and you can't get the verification code. <laughs> then you kind of screwed. Yeah. Uh, also, they, are there some legacy app blocking from a conditional access perspective around authentication? So you can block legacy apps. And then the last thing around security is the data classification enhancements, which is very cool. You've actually now got what they call a label activity explorer in the security compliance center, where you can go check what sort of activities are going on when it comes to labeling. Okay. So suspicious activity and all of that, a nice little dashboard for it. So it's quite neat. They're doing a lot in the, in the classification space. I haven't actually looked since I was in Zurich at the security compliance center. I haven't had the time to even touch it. It's because we haven't recorded. That's why. It is. Like you sort of, you lose the, the, the impetus. This is the only thing that keeps me up to date with current tech is our weekly shows. You and me both. All right. Okay. That's my bit for the news. It's your turn. Now. Yes. I'm going to sit back and listen. 
it's not going to take me hell of a long. I just want to talk a little bit about some Power Apps stuffs that have come out. <laughs> so if you are using Power Apps in your organization, what you should do um, right away is go open up all of the apps that you have created and republish them. Because Microsoft has been working very hard in the last little bit on uh, performance improvements. And as soon as you republish that app, you will get access to a bunch of new functionality that they've added. And you will get a large, they say, up to 40% uh, increase in performance on your apps, which is massive. Um, so go go do that and try it out. Oh, is that what everyone was talking about today? People yeah. were talking about it today on Twitter. Yes, I actually haven't been on Twitter at all. Like you, you, you think you've dropped off the face? Of, I've totally dropped off the face of the planet. I haven't been reading blogs. I haven't even been on Twitter, so I didn't see that. But I did see this blog post. So that's really really cool. And one of the new pieces of functionality that you get that is super awesome and also speaks to this. Uh, better performance is they now have a concurrent function in power apps so if you have an app and quite often when you're building an app when the app starts up you'll gather a bunch of information you'll set a bunch of variables whatever the case is and up until now you'd you'd do them as uh, separate functions and it would run them one by one right so you'd set this variable then that variable then that variable then that variable so it could take, depending what you're setting, a, a little bit of time to do that. And so your your app would lag as it's opening. Now, with the concurrent function, you can actually run those tasks in parallel. So using the concurrent function, you can set all of your variables at the same time. Not in serial, but in parallel. And you get a much faster load time, which is super sweet. Um, yeah, you know I doze off for a bit there. That's fine. Um, you don't have to listen to me talk about it. On the Power Apps blog, there is a really there's another really great article um, that was written by ooh can't remember who it was, so I can't find it right now. But there's a there's a blog post up there for tips for a maintainable, extensible app. So just some best practice stuff for when you're building your app. Your app. What are some good practices to make it easier for you to maintain in the future? Stuff like don't use a thousand nested ifs, things like that. You can use a switch function now, which is awesome, um, and that sort of thing. So yeah. it's super cool. Um, so there's lots of exciting things happening in Power Apps. So go check it out and go republish your apps and uh, get some better performance out of it. So uh, the guy from Microsoft that drives the flow conversation. He's quite vocal. His name's John. And I mentioned to him that you have a segment on the show called Go With The Flow, and he cannot wait to talk to you. That His name is Flow Bro. We, we've called him Flow Bro, and Flo he's bro. super excited too. So we'll get him on the show soon, and, and I'm just going to step back in the two of you can talk. Awesome. Super, super cool. All right. It, is that it from our, our software segment on news? Absolutely. I mean, you, usually our news is all about software. We don't break it into extra segments, but pl please move on to our next sub-segment. 
Our, our next section is called Hardware, because we have new segments in the show now. And in the Hardware segment, have you seen the new Surface Go? I really haven't. I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, Modlin, what? Where? I've been it's under a, a rock. Bro. Tablet version. Yeah. So it's Microsoft's affordable tablet. Is is that affordable um, in air quotes? Well, it's 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 four hundred dollars for a tablet. So think about it. The iPad is four hundred dollars, right? Actually, yeah. I think it's a little bit cheaper for the thirty-two gig version, and then they've got a one twenty-eight gig version, which is what I have, and I think I paid four seventy-nine for mine. My iPad. So now you will be able to get like a Surface Pro. So that's a 10. Well, I don't know what the size of the Surface Pro screen is. I think it's about the same. So you get a 10 inch screen. You get a dual core with HD. So effectively a quad core CPU running at 1.6 gigs, 64 gig SSD, and 4 gigs of RAM running Windows. Windows. It looks really cool. Oh, Windows, yes. It looks Windows. really, really cool. Awesome. It's available for pre-order Look, now. you're never going to buy it without a... Yeah. So they're shipping... Um, they're shipping... Uh, when are they shipping? I think beginning of August, possibly, or mid-August. But it will be available at Ignite in September. Awesome. Problem is the keyboard is sold separately and the keyboard is $129. Yeah, that's always the case with the Surface. The keyboards. So now you're sitting separate. at, you, you sit, yeah. So now you're sitting at quite an expense. But look, it's super light. It's super small. Um, I've been working strangely enough with an iPad Pro for the last two months as my desktop replacement for the office because it's cheaper to maintain, right, than yeah, exactly. maintaining a, a normal notebook. And. I do believe that the Surface Go is going to give iPad Pros a run for their money because of the functionality. Full-blown Windows. Also, it means you can connect a mouse to it. And the Surface Pen works with it as well. So now, you know you can't connect a mouse to an iPad Pro. It doesn't work. It's not designed that way. Now you've got an interface where I would run around with a Surface Go and... To tell you the truth, I wouldn't actually worry about upgrading anything on that because I'm going to spin out Word docs, maybe some PowerPoint presentations, and 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 do that on it. I mean, everything else is in the cloud through the browser, so maybe the maybe eight gigs of RAM, maybe. I don't even know if there is a version with 8 gigs. I know there is more expensive versions, but that's like saying, well, the new Porsche Cayman is the GT4 competes against the entry-level 911. You know, so what do you buy? Do you buy the entry-level 911 or do you buy the really souped-up 918 or is it a 718 Cayman? Yeah. So where do you go? But as replacing something that I travel with, instead of carting around my Surface Book, I can cart around one of these bad boys, and it's super light. And I don't know if it'll replace consuming content the way you consume content on a standard iPad, because uh, that's super slick. But I know that working with Microsoft apps, as much as it's better than, the Microsoft apps are better than 
on an iOS device than it is on an Android device. It's richer. Working with the Surface Go, it's exactly the same as my desktop. Yeah, that's cool. Anyhow, that's 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 my hardware news. Sweet. For the week. And then we've got um, a bunch of events coming up. Um, that we well, inspires. Yeah, inspires running right now. Yes, going on as we speak. Big stuff coming out of that, and obviously we will bring you all the news from that. Um, and then coming up is also Microsoft Ignite. September, the last week of September, at the same place it was last year, and two guys in SharePoint will once again be coming to you live. And this time we will dial you in properly, Mr. Modling. Yeah. From, from the podcast center at Ignite. We will see if that actually works this time. But strangely enough, because uh, last year was a rehearsal, they actually asked, will you be dialing in anyone? So they've obviously fixed whatever problem they had last year with it, strangely. Weird thing. I think I was, ours was just one of those sort of gremlins that happened on the day because the next day they replaced that entire rig. And I mean, it's a proper production rig. Yeah. Um, they replaced it because, because of that. Then also, local to us, SharePoint Saturday will be in November this year, as well as the Office 365 Dev Bootcamp. Um, we are having one in Johannesburg and in Cape Town, the Office 365 Dev Bootcamp. Not the SharePoint Saturday, because SharePoint Saturday happens in Cape Town, Johannesburg and Durban. And we've moved it to November because so many things are happening in October. There's just not enough time. Sweet. So yeah, looking always look forward to SharePoint Saturday. It's probably my 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 favorite bit of the year. Always lots of fun. Well look, last year you you were you were the people's presenter. Hey? Yeah. I mean you got the highest ratings for out of all the presenters in Durban. I I really enjoyed my talk last year. It was fun. So, moving on um, to our next segment, unless you have any other news about um, events. That's, that's about it from, uh, from, that, from our news side, I think. I think that's good. Well, we've got, we've got one more piece of news. It's called New Features I Didn't Know About of the Week. So, that's still there, mate. That is still there. Yes. Just like you've got your next segment, I still have that segment. Ah. So, Rod, when last have you done a migration? What sort of migration? Because SharePoint to SharePoint. I'm sort of still in the process of one that is really irritating. But yes, uh, fa- fairly recently. Why do you ask? Because do you know that Fpoint's got a cheap version of their migration tool? I do. It's been out for about a year now, just more. It's called AP Elements. And it's, it's priced squarely at SharePoint. Yeah, they're re- they're really pushing hard in that space, and it's it's good, hey. It really is good. It's obviously not as good as full blown, the the full blown product. But if you've got a a simpleish move, it's really good. It it does the job. Well, look, a lot of people have been using Shagate Shagate to do not necessarily complex migrations, but a lot of content. Yes. Yeah, so twenty thirty terabytes worth of content. And where products like the Metalogic stuff and also the Avpoint stuff uh, come into the fore or sort of topple over ShareGate is where you can scale the product to do the migrations faster. I know with DocAv, you've got agents that get deployed and you can run agents to increase the speed of the, well, like threads, 
Uh, I think Content Matrix is from Metalogix also got that functionality, whereas ShareGate, you deploy it on a machine and you say source destination. Yeah. Now, the cheap versions of, of, of the Avpoint migration tool, API Elements, uh, called, well, it's API Elements Fly, what they've done now is they've released a new version, and that includes Exchange Migration, and in preview right now is moving from Slack to Teams. That's super cool. So, like, brings through they will migrate your, your Slack and your yeah. history, and that's madness. All of that, they'll migrate. That is crazy, dude. They're the first migration tool to offer them. Slack to Teams. Magic, magic, magic. I'm excited just about that feature. And forget the exchange, forget the SharePoint. If I can go into a customer and say, you're a Slack customer, I want to move you to Teams, and I'm actually going to move you to Teams. By using API Elements Fly. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. That's badass, man. That is super badass. Anyhow, that's my bits for the week. What have you got in your last segment called Go With The Flow? Yes, in Go With The Flow, I just thought I'd let you know. Coming, if you, it should be coming now. You should have it. In SharePoint, they now have a built-in flow for request sign-off. So in Document Libraries and Lists, um, under the flow heading, if you hit the drop down, you should see now or very soon request sign off, which is quite cool. I mean, you could build this flow yourself, but this is just sort of out of the box and anybody can do it. Um, and what it does is it will add a new column to that list or library called sign off status. And then it will prompt you to put in who you want to approve it. And it will use the, the flow approval steps and handle that approval for you and uh, track the status of it all in line in SharePoint without you having to configure or do anything. So I just thought I'd highlight that because it's quite nice for if, even if you don't want to go into flow and build your own things or deal with any of that, just working with your stuff where you're used to it in SharePoint, you can now kick that off which is super cool. Nice, easy one this week to sort of ease us back into it. Okay, so taking it easy, nothing crazy, you know, first time back into the saddle. Yes. You, know, you need to warm up a bit before you drop those big crazy stuffs. Yeah, so that All that right. is my... Thought. Even I understood, I understood that. Yeah, I thought so. You know, I don't even look at these things. Yeah, I mean, I had Power Apps news earlier, so I thought I'd just go easy on you and not, not break you on the first first episode back yeah but that's how you boil a frog right yeah you put the frog into cold water and then you turn the heat up and i feel like you are, are power power apping me or flowing me um in in the right way that you would need to in order to you know the resistance is futile me sort of thing yeah i mean the, you, you always have some members of a community or a, a business that are resistant but thankfully these tools are really awesome and once you show them the power of it and how easy it is, that resistance tends to melt away. You are a particularly cantankerous case, but we'll get you yet, Alistair. Look, I firmly believe that that it's going in the right direction. And one of these days, it's going to be phenomenal. But right now, no. can you package a flow and deploy it to another site? You, in another tent? Yeah. You, you can you can download it and upload it and that sort of thing is possible. It's not great, but it is doable. 
what what you really want to do again it's not app studio ready the the thing is that's not really what it's for like if you're doing full on uh process management and proper enterprise grade stuff you should be using uh logic apps anyway because if you are running a lot of triggers in flow you will very quickly hit the the flow cap and then all your stuff will stop working unless you buy additional flow runs and it gets quite hairy so like we we live in a a, a weird place at the moment with with how we build yeah, I, I, I leave that it's it's like licensing in microsoft i leave it to the experts yeah no but it, it's crazy it's, it's quite difficult for for consultants because you can't really tell because logic apps you charged per run right i mean it's a tiny amount per run but you yeah. charge per run so but how do you tell the customer the solution is going to cost you x amount when you haven't even designed it yet if you haven't built it how do you know how much it's going to cost so it's uh yeah, how many instantiations all of yeah, it it's yeah. difficult to price it, it, it really is so that's that's what's been eating my brain recently and i think that is good in the long run though because as consultants i think we generally want to just build with a minimum of design work up front and because of the licensing model you can't do that you really you have to do it properly you have to do proper design first and do all of that and then that will give you a should give you a really good idea of how much it'll actually cost to run and what it actually looks like so it's not a bug it's a feature it's a it's a known issue no it's a feature it's good it, it enforces best practice all right, we'll go with it. Anyhow, are we done for today? We are done. Thank you all very much for joining us this week on Two Guys in SharePoint. And thank you, Al, for joining me again. If you guys want to find us, you can find our website online, twoguysandsharepoint.co.za. You can also find us on Twitter, at Two Guys SharePoint. I'm on Twitter occasionally, at oddmodlin. L is... At Alistair Pugin, I'm still there. I've been there, I think, 10 years now, nine years. I think we all got celebrated or something like that. Well done. And uh, yeah, please do drop us a line. Tell us what you're thinking. And you can obviously find us on your podcast app of choice, iTunes, Podcast Addict, whatever the case is. And that is two guys in SharePoint. One word. The number two guys and SharePoint. No spaces when you search for us on your podcast app of choice. Indeed. Thank you for the clarification, Al. And thank you very much for recording. And we will see you all next week. Just as Ciao. Ciao.